Let's you do have it. Your, you have your little advice hat on. I All do. right. I don't know. I, do. I don't know what an advice hat would look like, but we're gonna put ours on. <laughs> I think I. I think I. I would put on advice glasses. Let me put on yes. my advice glasses. Oh yes. Okay. Welcome back to another fabulous episode of Your Gay Big Sis. Let's get this started. I'm Katie Hahn, and today I have a super special guest, my close friend, Jeanne Sequois, who is a drag artist, storyteller, and activist. Say hello, Jeanne. Hi. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So we went to school together. We have a artistic history together, and I have just loved watching you soar and find your area of the drag artist world and watch you blossom. So I'm very excited to have you on to talk about your experience with all that. Oh my God, thank you so much. I literally like, I have the same thing to say about you with everything that you've done with your podcast and your TikTok and it's just all so amazing. So like to be a part of this now feels so like full circle. Thank you. Give me a little rundown about you. What's your bag? Tell me all about it. Um, okay, I started doing drag in November of 2019. So pretty much like just before COVID had popped off, I remember being, so I started in the competition scene in New York City, I did a lot of like, open competitions. And so there are like these sort of weekly opportunities for you to like go compete a bunch against a bunch of other queens or drag artists or kings or whatever. And if you win, win a little bit of cash, win some money. Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember being, so I started doing that in November 2019. I remember being at these competitions and people being like, oh, this COVID thing seems like kind of serious. Like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But like, who knows? It'll be fine, right? It'll be fine. (laughs) Um, And then the COVID thing happened, did a bunch of digital shows, focused a lot on like makeup and design and sort of like trying to get myself out there and express my creativity that way. did a couple, did a weekly show a year ago in Brooklyn with some people and then now working in like three different bars, three nights a week. So yeah, it's sort Look of like- you go? I'm so proud of you. Oh my God, thank you. I, yeah, it's been, it's been like the time of my life. It's been really, really fun. <laughs> Incredible. Do you feel like quarantine sort of allowed you to really like hone your look? You said you were working on like fashion and things during quarantine and peak, like when nothing else was happening. Yeah, I think that quarantine allowed me to be sort of endlessly curious without having to worry about what an audience or outside person might perceive. It just sort of allowed me to like, if I had an idea or I got inspired by something, it was like, this is why I'm inspired by it. This is my idea. And I just kind of went for it. Yeah. I feel like that is such a universal thing about quarantine, but it's like in different aspects for everyone. Absolutely. Everyone's had this like same revelation of like, oh my God, like I can do whatever I want. And watching people like find the little corners of the universe where that works for them is so, so amazing. Yeah. I think it definitely lends itself to people being like, well, I mean, I can't do anything else, so my I've as got well nothing just... to lose. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. All right, cool. So brilliant. 
I want to know what are some of your favorite drag icons and also your favorite non-drag icons who may inspire your drag? Okay. Um, my, some of my like drag icons, um, like in worldly famous, I think for me right now, I would say Shangela. I think that she is just sort of like a prime example of what passion and hard work will get you. I Mm -hmm. really, I just really respect the fact that like, she seems very authentic in who she is. And I had, one very, very brief opportunity to meet her when I was tragically new and sort of unexperienced in drag. Um, But she was super supportive and very, very sweet. And I just think that like her journey from like her journey and what she's talked about follows a lot of parallels to me of like, I was thrown opportunities very, very early into my drag career that I think affected who I was and helped me grow a lot faster than like some people may speak to. And I think that she is just like a shining example of like, you can really kind of just like take what you love the most anywhere. You just have to focus. And I just, I love her. Um, local drag inspirations and icons. I would definitely have to shout out my drag mother, Marty Gold Cummings, who <laughs> Marty. is just like a frigging superhero. She is constantly doing something to uplift people, whether it's in her performances or her work as an activist and on like the local politics level, which she did with like um, the nightlife council in the city and things like that. She's done so much, um, ran such an amazing campaign for city council in the last like year, year and a half. And I just like, she inspires me. And I would also say Keisha Carr is one. If anyone in New York City does not know who Keisha Carr is, definitely go to a Keisha Carr show. It is just like a masterclass in presence and performing and entertainment. She's fucking fantastic and i remember watching her perform i would say non-drag inspirations i'm definitely very heavily influenced by theater Mm -hmm. i i started in theater before i started in drag and i think that the theater kid in me sort of influences a lot of how i structure my shows and performances and things like that i want there to be sort of a beginning a middle and end a clear sort of story that like people that come to see me are walking away from whether it's a look or a performance or anything like that. Um, I was definitely like, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I was definitely very heavily influenced by um, the show Dream Girls. I think it's like, for me. I want you to know that's so clear. Like every time (laughs) I've come to see your shows, I'm like, yes, it is giving me Dream Girls. Oh my God. No, I, I have never, I mean, Dream Girls came out in the 80s on Broadway. And so I obviously have never seen Dream Girls on Broadway. I watched the production at Lincoln Center, but I've never seen it sort of live in person. When Dream Girls, the movie came out, I think I was like six. I think that movie came out in like 2000, oh my God, 2003 or 2004 or something like that. I'm yeah, butchering that right now. But like, I just remember seeing it and being like, oh, it came out in 2006. So I was like eight. And I just remember seeing it and it being sort of like, the peak of like what black glamour and yes. sort of like opulence could look like. And that's like the way that they sort of like, everything was so deliberate in place, but it looked like they were just kind of floating on air. I like hugely, hugely inspired by With that. Angels just straight yeah. up. 
Uh, I love that. I am totally going to tag all of the drag artists that you mentioned so oh that gosh. anyone <laughs> listening can have all of their socials. Yeah, I always I always love to plug anyone that we mention on this podcast, but they're all amazing. So everyone should go follow them. I love that. All right. So jumping away from drag and just m- more so onto um, my kind of content, I want to hear your worst date story. I, it can oh. be, it doesn't have Whew. to be a particular <laughs> date. Like if it was like a bad pickup line, that counts too. Um, my worst date story. Okay. I was in college. <laughs> oh man, this is, this is brutal. I was in college and he took me to get, we went downtown to like almost the financial district to get all the way downtown. Yeah. Yeah. To get pizza, which is like, why? Why go all the way downtown just for pizza when there's pizza? Right. 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 So stupid because he didn't even live downtown. He like met me somewhere. We went all the way downtown to get pizza. We're like talking to each other. There were, like, a couple comments here or there that really weren't giving, like, good signs. Mm. It was, like, comments that were sort of, like, masked as preference but rooted in, like, Ooh. bias. And I no, was, like... thank you. Ooh. Um, so it was, like, fine. We were on the subway on the way back uptown. And he's, like, actively texting someone else in front of me being, like, I'm on my way. I'll be there and like... 20 minutes like I guess thinking I like we're sitting right next to each other he just like thought I didn't notice or just like didn't care at that point oh no (laughs) that's no good and then got off we both got off the train and I was just kind of like okay well bye (laughs) bye that was that let's hold the fire truck um yeah so it was it was a mess and I I don't even remember his name I don't regret no. doing, I don't regret going at all. I just remember getting back home and being like, well, that was. That was that. And yeah. never again. Yeah, literally. Bye. I love that. All right. Well, I don't love that for you, but I do love that we all collectively have had some crappy date experiences. Really brings oh, yeah. us all together. Um, all right. So jumping back to drag, I would like to hear how has drag impacted your sense of self? Has it been therapeutic for you? I just want to hear how it's, you know, impacted you and your soul. It's been illuminating. It's been very, very illuminating. I think drag for me has done two things. It's taken me out of my head a lot. Like Mm -hmm. I am someone who I'm my toughest critic and I'm constantly sort of like nitpicking at myself in ways that like, I it's easy for me to sort of mask as like, oh, I'm trying to like improve, but it's also just me like getting in my own head and tearing myself down. And I think mm. in drag, I've had so much less of that than I ever had in theater. I get ideas and I get inspired and I just feel it's like, okay, the work begins. Like who the hell's yes. going to, like who's going to, who's going to stop me? I'm not standing in my own way as much. So that's exactly. sort of. exactly. I feel like theater so much, like there's so much of needing to fit into a box with yeah. theater and in drag, there's like the box, it does not exist. Absolutely. And I think that like that also comes from like, you know, I've, I went to a performing arts high school. I went to, we went to college for theater. It's like you're sort of conditioned to believe that you have to, look, sound, and be a certain way for your air quotes type. 
mm-hmm. for this industry to like accept you and for you to like find your place in it. And in drag, I didn't have anybody, I didn't have anybody teaching me anything when I started drag. I just kind of like wanted to do it and sort of like what I thought would look good, even if it didn't in the beginning, I just sort of went for it. And then as I sort of continued doing it and doing it and doing it, I'm continuously finding, I think, what works for me and what I'm drawn to and this and that. So it's like, you're you're not given that conditioning. It's a lot easier to just sort of say, fuck it and do rather than like overanalyze. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's, therapeutic in itself. Yeah. And I think it's also given me like a renewed, especially during the pandemic, a renewed sense of like purpose. I'm like, it allows me to put all of it on the, the makeup, the padding, the wigs, the outfits, whatever, but also like re- realize that in those spaces, like I have an opportunity with this art form to do something that's sort of bigger than just like a couple dollars at a show and some drinks. Yeah. Like I can fundraise, I can raise awareness for things. I can produce, I can give opportunities to people who are amazingly talented, but maybe even have less opportunities than I do. And I've had the opportunity to do all of those things, which is sort of like also really exciting and the meaningful part of it to me. Yeah. It's not just a persona, but a platform for you. Definitely. Yeah. Incredible. I love that. All right. So I love this question, but I was just trying to think of like where drag would like shake up the world the most. And I was like, what if the Super Bowl halftime show was a drag show. I feel oh, like the internet would break. I feel like we would find world peace somehow. And so I want to know that if you are the headliner, what is the concept here? Okay. I think the concept would be, okay, you know what? This has been, this, I'm going to steal a little bit because okay, I'm going to, I'm going to steal bits and pieces and sort of like create an images because I think people will understand sort of where I'm going with that. Okay. Um, anyone who's seen Beyonce's Coachella performance. <sighs> yes. Um, I think that what I would do if money was no object was I would take marching bands. Cause I love like mm-hmm. live. I love like live instrumentation. Even if I would take marching bands, I would take like um, dancers and like, like, students from HBCUs, I would take black nice. artists cool. from like every corner of the country and like put together this just sort of like drag artists of color. Um, I literally fa- have goosebumps. A, I literally like, have goosebumps right now. This would be a, so cool. Like AFAB queens, like trans drag artists, drag kings, like every sort of intersection of the identities of drag and sort of like styles and forms of drag that you could think of. I would just like put out this sort of like massive performance that was this sort of like multiple tiered scale of like grandeur and like amazingness, like huge light displays, pyrotechnics, like people like stunts, like falling from the ceiling, popping out from the floor, just like anything you could think of. I would do, and all of the music and all of the like, it would be, I think like an homage to black culture through the years like past, present, and future, it would be like, like it would start all the way back at like, oh my God, see, now I'm going to be like, now I'm going to pick something like super limiting. I would start like, I mean, this is really not that far back, but like start at Motown. Yes. Then get to like your Donna Summer, then get to yes. your to your Michael Jacksons, to your Whitney Houstons, to your Mariah Carey's, to your like, I mean, like anybody you can think of from like, 
as far back as we can track black entertainment to as recent as like Chloe X Halley. Like, yes. like, oh I, my God. That would be so incredible. Yeah. It'd be dope. I would love uh, that. I would love. All right. Well, who, who wants to produce this? Um, Literally have the pitch for next Super Bowl. So there we go. Write the chat. You know, someone has it. Who wants to write it? <laughs> Literally. Okay. Literally. Okay, I am so obsessed with this. I'm swinging back to my wheelhouse. What are your biggest dating red flags and then green flags? Ooh, okay. This is a good question. Red flags, I think, closed-mindedness. Mm-hmm. Like, just someone who... Everyone comes from their own background and everyone yeah. has a sort of set like certain beliefs that they're taught and ingrained in them when they're growing up. I think that for me, like a red flag would be someone who like any belief who that's sort of rooted in like a closed mindedness that excludes like an identity of people or persons. Mm -hmm. Like I red flag, huge, huge red flag. Um, Are there any like or, petty red flags that you have? Like ones like, you know, people are like, oh, chew with your mouth open and I'm, I'm gone. Oh, like, oh man. Um, mine's rude to the waitstaff. If you're rude to the waitstaff, like, yeah. Ooh, ooh, like, yeah, unnecessary, like, rudeness mm -hmm. to, like, yeah. I mean, like, not necessarily, you know, I want to say that chewing with your mouth open isn't one, <laughs> but, like, now you said it and that's definitely, like, I couldn't do that. Okay, I'm gonna say this, but it might be perceived weirdly. Okay, say it. Being cheap, but okay. not. Okay. But not, but not, not having money because that's not the same thing. Yes. Like, I'm, I'm 24 and living in New York City. Like, like if you disclose that you're like, yo, I'm broke, but I'm really into you, like. Great. My like, roof like it. has a great view of the sunset. Like, I'm gonna get us a pizza. I'm sold. But Lay if it's like, you're like, let's right. go out to dinner and then like police what I'm ordering because. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like two different like, stories. Right. It's like, I don't how much money somebody has. I don't care like any about, about any of that stuff. It's like, it's one of those things that's like, right. Like if you make a plan and then turn around and like, don't have anything to contribute to any of it. That's mm -hmm. like, that's like a what the fuck moment. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I feel like that oh. swings back around to honesty then, because it's like, if we didn't have the money to go out, then like, you should have just been honest and we could have had pizza on your roof. Like, right, right. Exactly. Like, All right. Yeah. Green, oh, flag. green flags. Green flags. Yes. Um, someone who's funny, someone who's yeah. funny, someone who like my biggest green flag is just be passionate about something. Yes. Like, huge. I, I don't care if it's like polar opposite for me. Like my boyfriend right now, he is very into like science and medicine and wants to be in the medical profession. Like he and I have sort of totally different, almost polar opposite passions, but mm -hmm. like he's so passionate about what he does. I'm so passionate about what I do. Just someone who like is sort of interested in something like, cause then I can learn about what you're interested in. I exactly but, like yes. gotta be passionate about something. Someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously. Like I take a lot of things really seriously, but at the end of the day, I love to just like, hang out and shoot the shit and this like someone who can be funny um i like watching new tv shows so someone who can like present something new that i might not have like seen or heard or even read before like new media that yeah. i can like consume or like information and, like intellectual conversation about media yes yes 
Yes. It's even, like, I don't even fucking care. If you watch the fucking Bachelor, then, like, let's talk about the fucking let's Bachelor. Let's dissect The Bachelor. I live for, like, intellectually dissecting reality shows. It's yeah, like, one of my guilty pleasures. Fuck it. Like, I don't care. Like, what let's ma- do it. What brings people to want to just, like, completely expose themselves on television in this way? Let's talk about it. Like, I'm right. I'm like, work. Just, like, have, like, have something to contribute to the conversation. Like, be sort of just, like, go with the flow and open-minded about, like, whatever the hell it is we're going to do and spending our time together. And, uh, yeah, like, all of those things. Like, you don't have to be, like, a comedian, but, like, be capable of having a laugh. Like, any of those things. Any of those things. I love when people can, like, throw the shit right back at me. Like, I crack a joke and, like, they crack another. I'm like, this is it. Bing, bang, boom. Let's go. Yes. Absolutely. And, like, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Um, all right. So this is the last personal question I have for you before we jump into um, giving the advice. Let's do it. I want to know what is something, maybe a misconception or just something that you, if you could have a billboard or a megaphone, and what is something that you want everyone to understand or to know about uh, drag artistry? I would want everyone to understand and know that it is for everyone Mm -hmm. and there are no rules or limits like I think we're sort of seeing this existence in the world right now of like drag becoming a sort of mainstream form of entertainment not just with RuPaul's Drag Race but with Dragula with like contestants that were on Drag Race forming their own competition shows that queens are competing in or, part, or drag artists are competing in and participating in. Yeah. And like, I think the thing that I would say to someone, especially people who don't really know anything about drag, is like, drag is for everyone. Anybody is capable of doing drag and anybody can participate in drag in whatever depth, extent, medium, style, or form that they want to. Like. Yeah we see a lot of like what commercial drag looks like now on television and don't get me wrong, like the artists that we see on TV or on the internet doing what they do are all amazing in their own right and do what they do very, very well. It's just, I think that sometimes people who don't know anything about drag associate that as sort of the binary of the art form. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. It's like a city, especially like New York city, a city, especially like New York has, so many different types of drag and drag art that is worthy of being consumed and worthy of being paid for to see. And like those artists are all worthy of like being compensated and being given the opportunities that people that do sort of what fits into the box of what people think they know do as well. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I feel like I have seen like more incredible performances in the New York local drag scene than I have in all of the mass produced drag media that I've seen. Not that there haven't been exquisite performances on both ends, but like you don't understand the amount of talent that is like oozing from all sorts of drag artists until you get out into your local scene and you see the kind of people who are performing. Absolutely. And I think that like, that's really what it comes down to. It's like, these are people that like, are from the communities that they're performing in, like support these artists, like go see them. Their work is, anyone who's ever done drag, even if they're famous for it now, understands and remembers what it was like to do drag on a local level. Mm-hmm. Everybody. 
And so, like, even the most famous drag queen in the world, like RuPaul, did drag on a local level before she was RuPaul's supermodel of the world. And so it's like, everybody, if you're going to consume the art form of drag, and if drag is going to become this sort of, like, take a place in mainstream entertainment, like film or television or dance, those art forms, we can, tra- we can track and trace back the beginnings of where they originated from. So it's like, yeah. go support your local artists. Go understand the history of where drag originated from. Like, where drag and ballroom intersected, where drag and yes. trans people of color intersected, where the queer rights movement and drag intersected. Like, mm-hmm. go, go educate yourself on that information because it's out there and yeah. exists and, like, inform still, like, what you're enjoying while you watch a split, a Dua Lipa song and, like... Yes a sparkly bodysuit you know what I mean I love absolutely there's so much rich history there that is so just the foundation of the queer community for definitely I love it all right are you ready to give some advice so starting we have a couple simple questions and then we have a more long-form question today so getting right down to it We have, is it okay to not want to get married and have children? I feel like I'm the only one. Uh, Of course it's okay. That's what I would say. (laughs) Absolutely. Of course it's okay. I feel like this question, I, if someone says that they feel like they're the only one, that's probably a product of their community and Mm -hmm. that they're probably in a community that has a lot of people who get married, have kids settle down rather quickly after college or any of that. And just know that if your community is that way and that doesn't resonate with you, you don't have to conform to that to belong to that community. And also if you would feel more comfortable in a community where people aren't necessarily following that strict like blueprint for life, there's so many communities out there that have all sorts of different types of people on different timelines. And if that timeline isn't resonating with you or you just don't ever want that, that's so valid and so okay. Yeah, absolutely. I would say everything that Katie said. And then also, if you feel like you're the only one, I promise you that you're not. Mm -hmm. And there are people who don't want to get married and don't want to have children and whose adult or later in life plans look differently than sort of the model that like American media and many communities in this country sort of feed you. It's that idea of like, I mean, I still think we're being fed that idea of like the American dream. Right. Right. Two parents. The American dream. Not that. (laughs) Right. Right. And I think that like, don't pursue what other people may be trying to tell you is what like an adult future, like a full life looks like you got to pursue what your model of what your happy like adult and like later in life plan looks like. And if that doesn't include that, then that's more than fine. That's exactly what it should be. Yeah. One who knows how to measure your happiness and Uh don't measure your happiness on what other people's measurements are. 100%. Yeah. All right. Moving on to number two. This says, any advice for getting out of the friend zone? I'm crushing so hard on one of my friends and I'm scared they're going to think I'm crazy. 
I I have to share a really embarrassing story that goes along with this. Um, Hopefully this won't scare them, but this is so relevant and it's a sidebar, but I want to share. One time in like, I think it was maybe the fourth or fifth grade, my class, someone in my class invited our whole class over for a bonfire. And at the bonfire, I decided I was going to tell my crush that I liked them. And little fourth grade me was like, this is my million dollar, like, I've got this. Like, this, I'm, this is a like rom com level line. I've got this. And I walked up to my crush and said, Hey, have you heard who likes you? And they went, No. And I said, It's me. <laughs> Work fourth grade me thought I was so suave and they definitely were like oh well I just like you as a friend and I definitely spent the latter half of the bonfire crying so oh no for the record I know that was probably a horrible story to bring up for this but I want you to know that if you're trying to get out of the friend zone the reason I bring up this story is don't do it like that <laughs> it was oh, no. utterly horrible it was just fourth grade what was I I would what was I going to do if this person even wanted to date me? We would have, like, maybe held hands and, like, sat together at lunch and then, like, never spoke outside of that. But, you know. Mm. <laughs> my <laughs> Getting on to the real advice, I feel like my advice for getting out of the friend zone, I would, like, <sighs> this is hard because it's, like, I totally know and I have felt, and as you can hear, I have felt the pain of the rejection of like opening up to a friend and having them be like no it's it sucks and it's you know I think what I the advice that I would give is just re if you use your words always so just come out come right out and say it I wouldn't like make this some long form game of like oh I'll flirt a little here and I'll flirt a little there and whatever Of course, you can always flirt and see if it's reciprocated. But if you really want to get out of the friend zone, you have to use your words and you have to say, hey, I like you. And I would say that, like, my only advice is at the beginning of that conversation is just to really emphasize, like, if you don't feel the same way, I am so cool being friends. I promise I won't make this weird. Like, yeah, maybe I won't want to hang out with you for like a week while I like recover and like, you know, let go of this, this hope here. But I would just like really emphasize that like, it's so that, cause I think the other fear in saying that is that the other person is going to like not want to be friends with you at all anymore now that they know that. So I would just try and like preface and making them comfortable in that you promise that if they don't reciprocate you as the one who's crushing is not going to be the one to make this awkward. You're going to make sure that like this goes over smoothly if they say no. And hopefully that they say that they feel the same way or that they're interested in seeing where it could go or whatever. Who knows? Honestly, I agree. You have to kind of just rip the Band-Aid off a little bit there. You're going to have to just be open and be honest and express how you're feeling. I, yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say is, like, do what's best for you. If you, I hope that if this person is, does not feel the same way that you and them are capable of remaining friends, but also, like, you know, feelings are complex and feelings are tricky and that recovery may take a while. So take the time that you need if they don't feel the same way. If they do, then, hey, great. Good luck exploring that. I wish you both the best if they do. Um, 
just be honest. If you've been friends with this person for a while, then I'm sure they'll listen to what you have to say. And I'm sure even if they don't feel the same way, there's not going to be any judgment there. And they'll just listen to you and receive what you're saying with an open mind and an open heart. So good luck. And if there is judgment there, that's not someone you'd want to be friends with. Like if you express that you have feelings for a friend. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So if you express that you like this person and they freak out on you and like lose their minds, they probably aren't going to be that good of a friend either. And yeah, you dodged a bullet for sure. If you know, you were trying to date them. So walk away, text someone else and go see a movie. Please walk away. Absolutely. All right. So this one is going to be our final one for the day. And this one's a little bit longer. This says, I am almost certain that I am a transgender woman and I have some questions I'd like to ask you. By the way, I don't know what I want to choose, what name I want to choose, but I'm between Madison and Clementine or Maddie or Clem for short. These two names stood out to me the most and I love them both. I would love to hear you use them. Absolutely. Maddie, Clem. I love them both. We'll call you Maddie Clem right now. I like Maddie Clem. Yeah. That's cute. Um, I have been questioning for about nine and a half months, and I don't know if this is normal or okay, but sometimes I feel like I am okay currently as my assigned gender at birth, male. But later in life, I am practically repulsed by the thought of growing up to be a man and not a woman and to imagine myself as a man during huge events in a person's life, i.e. sexual intercourse, marriage, wedding day, and also being a dad. Is it normal to not experience lots of body dysphoria to the extent that I will cover up or hide my body from myself and others around me? This is different to how a lot of transgender people I know and who I have seen online experience body dysphoria. All right, so this sweet, sweet baby, I am so proud of you, first off for just your self-awareness and Mm -hmm. being able to put into words how you're feeling and how you're wanting to identify. And I just want to emphasize that you know one person's journey is going to be the same as yours. Everyone's is going to be different. And just because you've seen a certain type of journey and the trans people that you know are the trans people on media and that's not resonating for you, that doesn't mean that your experience is any less valid. And know that, like, you can take your time and you can, you know, it's okay for identities to ebb and flow and to change over time. And no one's asking you to know right now in this moment exactly how you want to identify for the rest of your life it's totally okay for you to take your time and you know just don't judge your journey based off of the other journeys that you've seen and heard about because it's your own it's not anybody else's yeah um hi maddie clem um i listening to what your question was, there were a couple of words in there that I just wanted to, I guess, address or speak on. You asked Mm -hmm. if something was normal or okay. And sort of adding on to what Katie has expressed so far, no one anywhere can measure or assess that anything about your journey would not be normal or okay. It is more than normal. It is more than okay. It is beautiful and true to you. And so trust that on your journey, 
as you make these discoveries, as you continue to become who you know you are, nobody can define or place that label of like normal or okay on you because that's your journey, your identity, and isn't for anyone else to comment on or express an opinion on. Um, The only measure of normality is being a human on this planet. Like if you were a human and you were on this planet, that is like, that's it. (laughs) Absolutely. And I, yeah, I would say any, like I would say anybody just sort of adding on to what Katie had already said, because it was very, very well expressed. Um, your journey is your own. Surround yourself mm-hmm. with people who see you for you and love you and support you on your journey at any step because those are the people that matter. Yeah. And Anyone and- who's telling you this is not normal, good riddance. Yeah. Bye. Has, has to go because it's not anybody else's place to make a judgment or decision on who you are. Yeah. You, you know yourself better than anyone else could ever. And I'm sorry, I'm just rereading. I'm rereading the, all of the details of the question. Yeah. Is it normal to not experience lots of body dysmorphia to the extent that I will cover up and hide my body from myself and others around me? How you express your identity, what your body looks like physically, that is again, entirely your, there is no normal. There is no normal because the normal carries the idea that there's an air quote standard and express yourself. The standard's made up for the rest. If if you think there is a standard in your mind, that's a societal construct and it's made up. Yeah. Express, express yourself physically, verbally, mentally, emotionally in the way that feels the most authentic and the most beautiful to you because that is who you are. And that is the person that the people that care about you and the people that love you support and want, you know? And it's okay for that to change like so many times. Absolutely. It can change as much and, or as little as you want it to. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, that is all the questions we have for today. My dear Janae, I love you so much. Thank I you for joining you. me today. This was such a blast. I Thank absolutely you. loved it. I feel like you have brought some beautiful wisdom today that I have been anxiously awaiting to share with the listeners. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and to all of your listeners for tuning in and for supporting your journey. It's really, really significant and special what you have done with both your TikTok and your podcast. So I'm honored to have been a part of that. Thank you. Well, I'm going to tag all of your socials so all of my beautiful people can find you and follow you and come to your shows if you're in New York. OMG, yes, please do. Come say hi. Please do. All right. Incredible. Well, that is all we have for today. This was Your Gay Big Sis. I'm Katie Hahn with... Janae Sequoia. There we go. Thank you so much for tuning in. We drop new episodes every Wednesday. And as always, if you have a question, you can email me at gaybigsis at gmail.com. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.